0: This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 201, The Five Stages of Business Growth with Brett Gilliland.
1: Traditional financial planning is no longer working.
0: such a story, one of an epic nature that you just couldn't help but be wrapped up and caught up in the hero's journey, the stages that he or she went through to get to where he or she wanted to go, could go, had to go to save the people they cared about the most or to save the world or whatnot. Um, I wonder if there's ever been a story or a movie written on the stages of business growth, taking a very small entrepreneur with a vision to leave his or her day job and to start something brand new to create a brand new something these stages i think are a predictable pattern that we could all learn from if you're just you know at the moment of you know hatching your business idea or if you're running a 100 million dollar business i think you're going to get a lot out of today's episode with the guest of our show today brett gilliland he's the co-founder and ceo of elite entrepreneurs, a business dedicated entirely to helping people and business owners overcome those predictable growth patterns, those growing pains, uh, starting specifically at the seven figure mark, and that trip up most entrepreneurs, most people can muscle their way to a million bucks. You know, it sounds crazy, but you can do it. Uh, But a lot of people get tripped up from that seven figure to that eight figure mark. And so Elite Entrepreneurs specializes in helping seven figure businesses grow from 1 million to 3 million, and from 3 million to 10 million with a proven method that has helped hundreds of entrepreneurs over the past 10 years. I think you guys are going to get a lot out of this, whether you're again, whether you're just starting your brand new business, or you're on your way to that $10 million mark, you're going to find a lot of proven success strategies. And heck, who knows, maybe a a movie in the making in your business's adventure. So take it away, Brett. Brett, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. It's it's great to be here, Mark. I'm glad to be part of the show.
0: Could you tell us what you're working on with businesses and business owners?
2: Yeah, I I will, Mark. Um, We focus entirely on the seven-figure growth journey. So not from startup to that first million. I I honor that space. I love entrepreneurship. That's awesome. Awesome. But what we do is help people once they get to that first million. There's additional transformation that needs to happen if you want to keep growing. So um, And we can talk about this later, but there's a there's a stages document that I refer to often and the the stages of small business growth are known and they happen on the ones and threes of revenue. Every time you triple uh, in, in revenue from hundred thousand to 300,000, 300,000 to a million, there's new stuff to learn from one to three, three to 10. And we, we just specialize in that one to 3 million and that three to 10 million journey, that seven figure growth journey. Um, we've been doing that for the last going on 10 years. It'll be 10 years later this year. And it's super fun.
0: Where did you stumble across this wisdom? How How have you found it? Yeah.
2: Thank you for asking. Yeah, so I spent actually spent about 10 years helping a business grow through these stages. So I joined a company used to be called Infusionsoft. Now it's called Keep. It's a small business CRM, sales and marketing automation kind of software platform. And at seven figures in revenue, I joined the company to help them build beyond that. And we grew to 10 million and then we grew to 30 million and we grew to 100 million. And we were serving small businesses and those businesses took note of how well we were doing this business building thing, the scaling journey. And so they started to ask us to teach what we were doing. And, you know, we said, well, we're a software company. Not sure we're going to do that. Uh, One year we had a little bit of a revenue shortfall projected, told the team, doesn't look like we're going to make it. And just wanted to let people know ahead of time, hey, don't go spending those year-end bonuses because we can't see a path. The team rallied together after that meeting and said, you know what, we have things we can do to generate some sales. And one of the things was this little training thing to teach other businesses how to do the business scaling. And so we did our, our first class was in December of 2011. And really we were just sharing the playbook for what we had learned to do to grow our own business successfully. Mm-hmm. And we've got hundreds of business owners since. So, um, Few years ago, I, I bought that little piece of the business because they were a software company and shouldn't be doing this stuff. And they realized that and said, we're, we're done training. And I said, no, I'm not. Well, I'm not done training. So, so I bought it. We spun it out. It's its own thing now, but that's how it got its start was back when we were part of a, a, a software company who had done this really well.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. Well, let's not bury the lead. I can't wait. Tell us about these stages of business growth.
2: It's, it's a great visual for those who are listening only. And, and um, I apologize if you're listening only, I'll do my best to describe them. But like I, like I started to say, on the ones and threes of revenue, there's a pattern. And it, it kind of makes sense if you stop to think about it. If you triple in size and you're, you're organized to, to uh, produce the results of that leg of the journey, then in order to keep going, to shift to the next gear, there's, there's some work to do. And it's usually some combination of people, processes, or systems that have to be upgraded in order to be ready for the next leg of the journey. But what we as, do, as business owners do is we're like, we figured this thing out to where we are now. And then we just want to press the gas and keep doing that thing more and more. That ends up being a very tiring uh, hamster wheel, right? We just get, we're like, I'm trying to go faster and I'm stuck where I'm at. So we have, to, we have to shift to keep going. So the visual for anybody looking at it shows five stages on this, on this graphic um, that take you from zero all the way to 10 million. Well, as I alluded to, as I was talking earlier about my background, there's actually more stages beyond this. We just chose to stop it at 10 million, but from 10 to 30 million is the next stage, 30 million to 100 and so on, all the way up to billions of dollars, there's, there's this tripling thing that happens. So uh, the stages start out at solopreneur, right? That's your, your zero to 100,000 a year kind of self-employment type of thing. But as you break into having a team and then you build into a steady operation, having a team, you got to figure out sales. The visual shows the biggest hurdle at each stage towards the bottom. And the stage from 100,000 to 300,000 is really figure out sales. From 300,000 to a million, it's really about figuring out how to consistently get new leads, right? How to generate leads and how to fulfill on the sales that you're getting in a consistent quality way. So it's that steady operation stage from 300,000 to a million. When you break the seven-figure mark, now the the biggest hurdle is around people and systems. And if you go past the 3 million mark, it's, it, it's further... Um, about people and systems but we've named it leadership and culture. So anybody who's listening can get a copy of this if they just text the word stages so like stages of small business they, they text the word stages to 72000. You can get this infographic along with my good friend Clayton Mask a video of him uh, teaching about these stages and, and he's the one I worked with at, at Keep. Uh, or infusion soft before it was keep. So anyway, that, those are the stages roughly, and we could dive into any of these that you want, but there's like very common challenges along the way. And there's common or proven work that you have to do if you want to keep going.
0: Well, that's right where I want to go, Brett. Uh, So I, first of all, I resonate with this chart. I see where my business has grown to where our biggest hurdles are today uh, and I can say with certainty that you've got um, you've certainly got it figured out the uh, biggest hurdle and also I'd say the 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 key people the team that also makes a lot of sense to me as well so tell me where you stumbled across this what was it what was the aha moment you had to find yeah, this or so, to help develop this
2: um, so I mentioned Clate Clate was one of the founders and and still is the CEO of keep and uh, because we were focused on helping small businesses succeed, our whole thing was growth and helping them figure out their sales and marketing and how to automate. Uh, so to get a bunch of the freedom that they were seeking as, as they went to start up their business and then found that business can be anything but freedom, we were, we were all about helping them grow. And so we were helping them grow, but we were helping them figure out stage two and stage three, the sales, the marketing, the fulfillment, automating a bunch of that. And then they were popping up into this seven-figure space and that's when they took note that we had figured out how to do the business building stuff as well so clate is the original researcher and and the development of behind this infographic so he spent dozens and dozens of hours literally pouring over u.s census bureau data from 2010 talk about boring reading but he just He just went into that because we were serving small businesses and we recognized pretty early on, not all small businesses are the same. They're going through different challenges, but the, you know, big entities like the U.S. government or other small business vendors would say small businesses or anybody from like zero to 500 employees, there's so many different stages of business in there that we, we wanted to get clear about what their pain points were at each stage so that we could address the ones that were really gonna benefit from what we had to offer. So that's why this original work was done, was to give shape to something we were experiencing, to see it more clearly, and to be able to share it with others so that they could see for themselves where they were and what kinds of help that they might need.
0: So let's look at the seven-figure business. This is stage four for those looking at the, the sheet. Uh, The biggest hurdle there is people and systems. Uh, Typically, this is a business with 11 to 25 people. Now, this is going to change, of course, what industry you're in. You might have fewer, you might have more, Uh, but the sales are in the one to three million range, and uh, it says here, people and systems are the biggest hurdle. Could you give some more clarity, Brett? I'm just picking that one randomly, but give me some idea of what you mean when you say the biggest hurdle is systems and people.
2: Yeah. People and systems. I, and I do want to leave with people because it's more related to the, the systems involved with running the business, not, not software to get and keep customers, right? So the marketing and service stuff happened in the 300,000 to a million. Doesn't make them less important once you hit seven figures. It's just they're, they're necessary, but insufficient at that place. So imagine this, Mark, and you've experienced this yourself. You start up, Yeah. You throw your shingle out there. I've, I'm starting a business. You figure out how to get enough leads to put food on the table for yourself. Then you got to figure out how to sell in order to start growing this team, like consistently get customers. And that's not easy, but any business that gets into that multiple hundred thousand dollar range has to figure out consistently how to sell. Then they get to the steady operation phase and it's about consistent scaling of that customer acquisition ability and delivery through the service. Mm. All through these first few stages, the the founder, the entrepreneur is integral to everything that's happening. Okay, They are the ones beating the bushes looking for leads. They are the ones who figure out how to sell. They are the ones who figure out the messaging for marketing. They're the ones who've go figure out what the CRM should be and how to automate some of this customer acquisition, right? Founders, entrepreneurs, they're, they're known for being gritty, tenacious, will it forward, figure it out. Right. And so they've been doing this for however many years to get to that seven figure point. Some of them do that in a couple of years and they grow fast. Others, it takes like 10 plus years to get to that point. And that's, that's probably less important only that, The only important or the only relevance about the length of time that it takes is how long has the business owner been used to being the one to make it all happen. And so get into that seven figure space and people and systems become the issue for continuing to grow. And the biggest part of that is the business owner figuring out how to extract themselves from the machine that they built to make all of this work. Right? And so they have to learn how to hire a team, they have to learn how to set a vision, you gotta learn how to align the team that they're hiring, and and not have it rely on them completely. So it's a lot around the the people and leadership processes and systems to be able to extract the business owner from the from the production of the machine.
0: Yeah. Well, what's a hidden pitfall you see in that phase that keeps entrepreneurs at that level from succeeding?
2: The the hidden pitfall might not be so hidden it's it's that business owners have a hard time separating from that identity they all of their value was tied to growing the business to this point and and it feels good to know how to do something or to have conquered a skill or you know to have created the value they've created and to to pull themselves out and and this is an accompanying challenge that they have and then to relinquish control to somebody else and trust that this isn't all going to come falling apart, right? If I, if I organize the work well and give ownership with accountability to really capable people, that should work. But we have a hard time letting go of the steering wheel sometimes. And so that combination of not being able to extract yourself or, or letting go and really giving ownership to other people that's, that's probably the biggest pitfall in that transition.
0: I liked how you said ownership with accountability. I've, I've sometimes thought about it in terms of having uh, responsibility and authority at the same time. Uh, and in our business, in our, in our financial firm, we call it model, assist, watch, leave, uh, or mall. So we maul our team members, M-A-W-L, model, assist, watch, leave. No, there's no violence there. I'm just using the acronym, you know, but um, four times and it's hopefully in their hands. And we also have used a a concept, which I don't want to get into today. We could another time, but the five levels of delegation uh, where we have different levels of delegating. But how do you do it? How do you teach the folks that you're coaching and counseling the entrepreneurs? I mean, that seems like every parent should have this problem right
2: exactly right? mark uh, and and not to you know put our our children and our employees on the same level yeah. um, but right. but there's a similar thing this is a leadership journey uh, truth be told it's it's at seven figures where you have to make the transition from scrappy figure it out will it forward do it entrepreneur to capable builder of a business but the only way that you do that is through people right so now now we have to lead we have to lead confidently. And so uh, with, I, I can tell just by your example, like we have a model for how we do that. We maul our, our people, right? You have a way of talking about and thinking through how you, how you increase in the value that you're adding in the business. The only way you can go from being a learner to a doer to a leader is by following some process and you have one. And so what we, what we teach, we teach uh, a concept called organize the work and along with that comes a concept of big three and big three are the three measurable results or activities that you're giving ownership to somebody else to do that help everybody know, especially the leader and the team member, what's expected, how it will be measured, how it aligns to company goals. And with that level of clarity, now I actually can give ownership to somebody and they can be accountable because they they own those measures. Whereas I, I come across lots of business owners, Mark, and this is one of the pitfalls who's, who say, you know, if only I could hold my people more, you know, if I were better holding people accountable or if my people were more accountable, then we could grow. Well, every time I hear that, I know right away that there's an opportunity for that leader to get better at giving clear ownership to someone. As soon mm-hmm. as we give clear ownership to somebody, there can be accountability. Before that, it's just an ambiguous idea. Like, I'm going to hold them accountable. To what? You know, Well, mm-hmm. to their job. Well, uh, do they know exactly what they own and how that would be measured and how you would both know if they're doing it or not? And so th- that's the way we talk about it.
0: Yeah, the, someone said once you have to talk about your vision until you're tired of talking about it. And only then do people actually hear it in the first place. And then you just, just began, right? That's right. Uh, so what, what are some things that you would say, uh, you know, to the guy or gal who says, well, I don't need to be a $10 million business. I'm happy at, you know, uh, self-employed. I, I just wanted to quit my day job for goodness sakes, Brett, why are you telling me I need to move to 10 million? I know you're not doing that in truth, Brett, but talk yeah. to the guy or gal who's just happy with their, you know, their you know, 10,000 bucks a month of revenue.
2: Yeah. Uh, actually, there's nothing wrong with that. It's, it's perfectly fine. Um, what's, what's frustrating though, is if somebody has this idea of the freedom that they're going to get from their business and they're, and they're falling short of that in some way, whether that's time freedom, money freedom, just freedom to create or have impact. We're, we're all looking for some form of, of freedom in our business. And if we're just looking for a job that I created and I can put food on the table and take care of my family and we're happy with that level of freedom, that's fine, no problem. But if you're if you have an idea of what you want and you're and you're hitting ceilings along the way and you can't figure out how to get there, that's really what this stages document was, was all about, is to give people a path, some framing and a path for how they would move forward if they wanted to have more, more freedom than what they currently have.
0: If, if you imagine for a moment, you're in a dark room and you're trying to find your way to the light switch and there's furniture all around you, and you're just stumbling and tripping and busting your toe on the, the bed and whatever, to have a little bit of light like this um, chart shows and like your coaching shows, Brett, uh, it's like turning a little, uh, holding a little flashlight on your way to flipping the lights on to know the pathway toward freedom is very, you know, refreshing. Uh, So how did freedom work into your own philosophy for your own personal life, Brett, but also your business?
2: Yeah. Thanks for asking that. So I, we, we didn't talk about this in, you know, getting ready for this show or anything, but um, my wife and I have a a rather a rather large family and freedom for me is, is needed in the, in two ways. One, the flexibility to, be the parent that I wanna be and show up at my kid's volleyball game or you know, be there when some other important event, they're all involved in music and sports and things. And I, I wanna be part of their life. I, I don't wanna just you know, leave my wife to be the single parent for how they are developed and grow and become who they wanna become. And if, if I just go and make money and, and kind of missing an action on all that stuff, that doesn't feel like the kind of freedom that I wanted to create for myself. So um, that's an important part of the freedom for me, but then to be able to have the, the financial freedom that I want to be able to do things that matter to me and my family, uh, that's, an, that's another draw for why I would have a business. I've, I've come to learn the great personal satisfaction that comes from helping other people achieve freedom thereafter. And so at first, I think sometimes the entrepreneurial journey could be a little selfish, like, you know, I'm doing this because I don't want to work for somebody else, or I have these specific goals in my own life. Then you start to realize pretty quick as the team grows, oh, there's a lot of service happening through this thing that I've created, right? And now my team members have more freedom than they would otherwise. Uh, Our customers who were teaching about all this are getting more freedom in their lives, so there's a lot of a lot of good, a lot of meaning that comes around uh, because I've, I've chosen to do this work. And, and I find that very fulfilling as well.
0: So, you know, there's a lot of people, I would say all of us, really all of us, let's just include me in there too. We all have our upper limit. And I would bet that even if, let's say a business owner, she she randomly hits a million dollars one year in her business. But if she didn't have the mindset to be a seven-figure business owner, she might find herself going back down to half a million or some other number less than that, right? Or yeah. um, or if, if the marketing and service didn't really get a good foundation, it might make its way back that way anyway. Can That's you right. talk some about how our mindset can impact our outcomes?
2: Yes, absolutely. Uh, before I even get to mindset, let me just throw out another nugget i hope is useful to at least one of your listeners that's the concept so i I went to graduate school for this degree Uh, this a master's degree in organizational behavior okay what all that means is i geek out on stuff related to how organizations function what makes them tick if you want a different result how do you change this living system of an organization to get a different outcome so Here's here, what I learned in two years of graduate school is summed up in this one statement by, by a guy named Arthur Jones. All organizations are perfectly designed to get the results they get, okay? said that another way? We get what we get because we put in what we put in, right? So if you're perfectly happy, you talked about the business owner who popped up to that seven-figure mark, and then um, that business owner didn't didn't really know what to do from there, didn't even have an idea about how to keep going or maybe didn't want to, and her business settled back to a place that was more comfortable, her business would be perfectly designed to settle in where it was, where it was right? Like it wouldn't yep. go further than where it was. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a similar thing that happens with our mindset. There's a shift in the business that has to happen if we want to keep growing. And there's a shift in the leader that has to happen if we want to keep growing. That business will never outgrow the capability of the leadership of that business.
0: That's good. Early on,
2: that's the business owner. Over time, especially in that three to ten million stage, there's a there's a leadership team forming, and that leadership team, the business is not going to outgrow that leadership team, and so the mindset's really important because you have to make a shift from million dollar entrepreneur, which is kind of the upper level of the entrepreneur ability to 10 million dollar ceo right there's a, there's kind of a transition in here and it includes mindset skill set and tool set like there's a lot of learning and growth that has to happen if you want to keep going but your business will never outgrow your people starting with yourself as the leader
0: well that's fantastic thank you well i'm glad we went there because you're right i think the that, that works, that quote of the the results. Say again, uh, you are yeah, perfectly designed. Yeah, or,
2: all, all organizations, you can substitute the word business, but all organizations are perfectly designed to get the results they get.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, and, and it makes sense on a f- personal financial level too. You guys, all of us are perfectly designed to achieve the results we're currently re- achieving. Uh, and if you believe that you only make 40 grand a year and that's all you deserve, then that's probably where you're going to stick, you know, uh, which is nothing wrong with that. But if you desire something greater, um, figure out some affirmations you can say in the morning time, at least that's at least one practical tool, uh, where you can begin to ask and, and believe something new about yourself on a personal level. And boy, Brett on a business level and on an organizational level, heck on a family level. That quote works on so many levels, right? In fact, I'll I'll say, I'll I'll geek out with you too. Um, I I learned a little Greek in in college and the word economy is, it's it's the word of household system, oikos Mm. and nomia. So household law or household system is where we get the word economy. So our nation's economy, our family's economy, your personal economy is perfectly designed to achieve the results you're currently getting. So if you want a different result, you got to change the inputs to get different that's outputs. Right. Is that a good fair right. summary?
2: Yeah. Okay. You well, gave a, oh, sorry. You gave a great practical idea about affirmations, but another very practical idea is go hang around people who know what it's like at the next yeah. stage. Uh, and that I'm not just talking about coaches, but but peers. Like there are other businesses who figured out something that you don't know necessarily. And that's not that's, that doesn't dem- diminish or demean anybody at all. It just means there are things we don't know we don't know. And if we want to play that game, we have to go learn the rules of that game. And so affirmations is a great start on yourself. But then how do I, how do I get access to some of the knowledge about where I'm trying to go?
0: Love it. Love it. Well, hey, you know, you got to, as Dan Sullivan says, you got to hang around people who remind you of your future, not your past. Uh, yep. So thank you for that, Brett. Okay, so as we wrap up here, let's say that you couldn't leave your family any money at all, okay, big family, but you couldn't leave them any money at all. You could only leave them a principle, a habit, a strategy, a book maybe that would help them achieve the success you hope for in their life. Um, What would it be? What would you leave them?
2: You know, I came across a training called Ownership Spirit many years ago. There's lots of books that touch on this. Sometimes it's referred to as thought work but it's the, it's, the gist of it is we can see ourselves as owners or victims. And if I could give my children or, or anybody listening the gift of seeing themselves as an owner who could create their own path, who who is full control over their future and creating that, that's what I want. I would want to give them an ownership spirit, not be victim to any circumstance or any other person, but to just understand that they get to create their future.
0: Boy, that's great, Brett. Thank you. Boy, that, that's putting chills down my spine. I love it. I love it. So um, let's wrap up. How can folks find you? How can they stay connected and all you're involved in?
2: Yeah, thanks, Mark. Um, I would say best best place, if you guys want to learn more about the stages that we talked about today or something we call the Elite Business Growth Method, those things you would have to do if you want to keep growing your seven-figure business, you can go to our website, which is grow With elite.com and you'll find the ebook and the stages there that's those are just free materials for people who want them uh if you want to connect with me personally you can do that via linkedin i think you would find my name brett gilliland i know there's at least one other brett gilliland Uh, there's another brett gilliland out there but there's only one built to last champ we love the the book by jim collins built to last so my my linkedin profile is built the number two, last champ, built the last champ.
0: I love it. Very cool. Brett, thanks for your time and your wisdom. Uh, keep on telling us and showing us the pathway up the mountain. And as your logo shows, a, a, a gorgeous mountain climb. Uh, I think it's true. Whenever you're, you're hiking up a mountain, you need a good uh, Sherpa. You need a good guide. And you've certainly been that for many uh, entrepreneurs and keep on doing what you're doing. Thank you for your time today.
2: Thanks, Mark. It's
0: been a pleasure. I appreciate it. Thank you, Brett, for the opportunity to pick your brain and and learn more about the stages of business growth. You know, what caught my eye first, uh, and again, the chart itself is remarkable, so please make sure you get a copy of that chart to see it all. But what caught me was that people and systems uh, are in that order and that we have to get the right people on the right seats of the bus um, before we grow past certain Uh, struggles or or challenges that trip up most entrepreneurs. If you can get the right people uh, passionate and excited to be on the same vision that you're on, you're going to grow, you're going to multiply and and expand your business's reach and influence with the right people on the right seats on the bus. And your job as a leader, whether it's the leader of a small family, or the leader of a business that's growing seven to eight figures, uh, is to really find where people are most passionate, and to put them in their right spots so they can absolutely th- uh, thrive, bloom and grow to their greatest potential. And that honestly has become the biggest and best part of helping run Lake growth financial services is to see that passion and that potential realized. So I want to thank everybody and thank Brad again for coming on our show, Not Your Average Financial Podcast. Thank you guys for listening to this week's episode. Um, before I wrap up today, I wanted to leave a shout out to our wonderful listeners and specifically to anyone who leaves us a five star review. If you leave us a five star review on iTunes, where we can find it specifically, uh, you'll get a free book. Uh, if, you, if you don't listen on iTunes, you can simply email us at hello at nyafinancialpodcast.com. Take a screenshot of that five star review on Stitcher or wherever else you listen to this show. And we will send you a copy of the Rescue Your Retirement book free of charge. So let me read the five-star review from MKNL. Uh, They write, fantastic information, five stars. I read the five-day weekend book and learned about what Bank on Yourself is and have been searching for information ever since. This podcast explains it well with many of the pros and cons of setting up a Bank on Yourself life insurance account and fantastic financial stories and ideas for one to take in. I have been hooked since the first episode I listened to. Well, thank you, MKNL. It's a really kind five star review. And if you send us a, a, your contact information, we'll make sure to get you a free book uh, from our uh, library. And for anyone else, again, we'd love to hear from you. It really encourages us, it encourages us to keep going. So be sure to leave us that five star review. You might just be mentioned on an upcoming listener shout out. All right. Thank you guys for joining me for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think and live differently with your money, your economy, and
1: your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting.